Okay, but seriously, I am so excited for today's guest. She is a friend of mine. We've gotten to know each other pretty well over the last couple of months, and I just love her. She is so genuine and so soft and so driven and passionate, and I just love the energy that she brings to all of the things that she does. So Julie Allen is a boutique owner. She started and founded the Mary Rose Northwest Boutique here in Oregon City, Oregon, about 20 minutes from my house. It's a little too conveniently located, if you know what I'm saying. She also started the Mary Rose Foundation, which is an incredible nonprofit that helps women to fund their eating disorder recovery. And Julie has a really big heart for that because she struggled with an eating disorder for 15 years. And it's something that she is very passionate about. She's also working on writing a book. And she is all about body positivity and self-compassion. So naturally, she's a perfect fit for the Captivatingly Confident podcast. So I am so excited to welcome her to the show, and I hope that today's episode really inspires you to practice self-compassion and to, to give you just permission to let yourself love being you. Welcome to the Captivatingly Confident Podcast. My name is Kim Ludeman, and I am passionate about helping women just like you embrace your true self so you can show up confidently in your life. Join me as we talk about overcoming limiting beliefs, reshaping what health and wellness really look like, and take steps to becoming captivatingly confident. With all that said, let's go to the show. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Captivatingly Confident Podcast. My name is Kim, and I am so excited for today's guest. You are going to love her as much as I do. I just know it. A lot of the listeners already know who this special guest is, which is really, really fun. But if you don't know Julie Allen, girl, you need to get on the Julie Allen train because she's incredible. Julie, <laughs> welcome to the show. Oh my gosh, that was really funny. Hi, Kim. Thanks for having me. Oh, I'm so excited to be here. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited to have you. This is You're so funny. fun. We've been talking about this for so long. A little while. Yeah, I know. Schedules. Schedules and children right. and schedules. <laughs> and work. And yeah. creating and, right. you know, like that whole entrepreneur thing. Yeah. yeah. That. Yes. Uh, that's that's funny. hilarious. Okay. So I like to start off my interviews with the question of Have you always felt confident in your life? Or is that something that you were not necessarily feeling as a child? And do you feel like that's something that you have kind of wrapped your mind around as an adult? Or is it something that you're still kind of figuring out? Yeah, definitely not. I definitely did not always feel confident by any means. Um, it's my goodness gracious. So a little bit about my backstory is I had an eating disorder for a very long time for about 15 years growing up and it, it started um, when I was about 10, 10, 12 ish years old. Um, 
And needless to say, I did not feel very confident at that time by any means. Um, It was definitely a long, long journey through like self-hate and shame and guilt and just not, I never felt like I was good enough, you know? Mm. Um, So, I mean, I was in and out of treatment, in and out, in and out my entire like adolescence, right? Wow. Into my early 20s. And then by the time I was in my early 20s, I just... I had basically just had enough, right? Like I had some things in my life happen that like, I just, I couldn't do it anymore. And I knew that if I were to keep going like on that self-destructive path, like in many, many ways, I wasn't going to make it out, you know? Um, And so at that point, when I was in my early twenties, I really uh, like took a hard look at myself and had to make that choice to be like, okay, maybe I'm not a horrible person. Maybe everything that's happened is not my fault. And maybe I should start to treat myself a little bit more Mm. compassionately. Wow. Well, like nobody does that, you know? Yeah. We're always so hard on ourselves. And Mm. um, it definitely, uh, like that was about 10 years ago was the last time I was in treatment. Um, And ever since then, like it's definitely been an up and down journey. Um, And only within the last few years, especially since having my son, have I really like came into my own, I guess you could Mm -hmm. say. Um, And uh, basically just decided that I deserved to feel confident and to feel beautiful and all those things. Um, Because as women, we're so freaking hard on ourselves, Kim. Amen, sister. So hard on ourselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like everybody has a past, everybody has a story and like, there's no, we're all hard on ourselves. And I'm, I'm really like tired of that. Really tired of it. Yeah. (laughs) Right. It's exhausting. It's so tiring and it's not fair. It's not fair because every person that I meet, I'm like, you're awesome. You're badass. And then they'll sit there and they'll tell me like, I don't like this. I don't like that. I feel this way. I'm this. I'm that. On and on and on, like negative things to themselves. Mm-hmm. And like I'm on, I'm on a mission, girlfriend, to like stop that. Yes, you are. Stop I love that. that. <laughs> yes, I love that so much. So I have a couple of questions, and then I want to get yeah. to what your mission is and what that looks like. Yes. So I'm curious. A lot of our listeners struggle with food, and you know, that is something that I have struggled with for a long time. And thankfully I'm on the other side of Mm -hmm. as much as you ever can be. I don't think you ever can, you know, have a perfect relationship with food. I think it's always working. You always have to be working on your, yourself and the stories that you tell yourself, but what did, what did treatment look like for you? Do you mind sharing a little bit about that? Yeah, no, I don't mind at all. Um, So when I was in my early teens, um, I was put in in the hospital, like medical hospital, because like my body was failing at the ripe old age of 14. Like my heart was, you know, not working right anymore. And like as a mom now, like I cannot, I cannot even imagine what my poor parents were going through, you know, Mm -hmm. like watching their baby girl, like literally starve herself to death. Like I can't even it blows my mind now. I'm like, Oh my gosh, I am so sorry, mom. I am so sorry for everything I put you through. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, so it was a lot when I was younger, I definitely did not want to get better. Um, Mm -hmm. I have 
I have an anxiety disorder as well. I have obsessive compulsive disorder and I developed that when I was really little. Like I was mm. under, I was about 10 years old when that developed. So that was kind of the, um, the predetermining, is that the right word? Yeah. Like predetermining thing for the eating disorder. Yeah, totally. Um, so that preceded, that's the word, um, preceded <laughs> the disorder, that one, you know what I'm trying to say? Um, yeah, like that came before the eating disorder, right? And so when I was in my early days of treatment, I did not want to get better. Just I was not going to give up the eating disorder because the eating disorder really helped me to manage the OCD, um, obsessive compulsive disorder. Um, it really like took all that like obsessing and compulsiveness and really channeled it into like food and my body and exercise and all those things. So there was no way I was giving up my eating disorder for a long time. It wasn't until I was in my late teens, early twenties that it was kind of like a wake up call. Like I, I'm not going to get better if Mm. I don't change something. And so like later on in my um, treatment days, like I was in residential treatment um, and it was a lot of like learning how to treat myself with compassion because that is something that um, I never did. Like looking back at it, I journaled a lot throughout those days and uh, reading over those journals is to this day incredibly painful to do because the things that I would say to myself over and over and over on repeat were just terrible. Like I, I, and you know, I know, I know a lot of women listening will understand that because Mm -hmm. I I don't think it's talked about enough, like how incredibly hard we are on ourselves. And like, I, I legitimately believed everything that I said to myself and it was terrible. It was absolutely terrible. Um, so treatment for me was about learning how to treat myself with compassion and it was not easy, but you want to know how I, you want to know how it started for me, like how I was able to kind of start doing that because, you know, if you're saying like, I am this, I am that, and blah, 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 all that things, it's really hard to treat yourself with compassion. Right. But how, one of my therapists at, in treatment had me write a letter to my my child self, right? Mm-hmm. To that like 10 year old girl that like could not stop washing her hands or who would not go outside because she was afraid of germs. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that's how I was able to really start treating myself with compassion was I had to kind of take a step back and uh, talk to myself as a child, you know, and that was super helpful actually. Wow. That's amazing. Like that's such a powerful, powerful exercise to do and to go yeah. through. Yeah, it was it was the number one thing that really helped me to kind of see myself in a different light. You know, like you don't you're not gonna talk to a 10-year-old. You're not gonna tell a 10-year-old that they're blank, 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 right? And like it, it wasn't her fault. Excuse me, it wasn't my fault. It wasn't her fault is the way I had to speak yeah. about it that you know, anxiety disorder, OCD, like it's, it's a brain chemistry thing and uh, w- wasn't my fault. And it just, it led into everything else. 
Um, but that was, that was the trick for me was learning how to be compassionate towards myself. So, wow. Yeah. That is such an amazing thing. And that's something that anybody can do. Totally. That is such an amazing thing that you, that you did in confronting those beliefs that you had about yourself and the stories that you were telling yourself. And so being able to like really speak to that inner Mm -hmm. Julie, like Mm -hmm. that little 10-year-old sweet, sweet, sweet Julie. Right. Wow. That is so amazing that that brought just that, kind of opened that door. It did. It really did. Yeah. Because once I was able to, you know, speak to the the 10-year-old like that, then it was like, okay, well now I can speak to the 13-year-old Julie who was, you know, starving herself to death. Right. And then as life went on, there were more and more things, um, that happened. And like, you just, there was a fly, sorry. Um, <laughs> Julie's over here just waving her arms. You can't it was see a her fly. Like, I can't, that was it great. Was a fly. Um, that's great. Anyway, yeah. Cause self-compassion girlfriend, self-compassion. And that is eventually how I became confident. <laughs> Wow. Okay. So what are some of your favorite ways to practice self-confidence? Ooh. Or self-compassion. Sorry. Yeah, no. Self-compassion. Both both are very good questions. Um, Self-compassion now. Okay. So, you know, I have a business. We have two businesses. We have a boutique and we have a nonprofit, right? And I have a two-year-old and I have a husband who works all the time and I have a stepdaughter who's eight, right? And so all the things, um, and now at this point in my life, like self-compassion is about being gentle with myself Mm -hmm. and realizing that I'm doing the best that I can and I'm not going to be perfect. No one's going to be perfect. And I'm going to have days where, you know what? I don't need to do anything. I can take my son to the park. We can watch a movie and we can cuddle. And I think that pressure to like always be doing, always be driving yourself forward and mm-hmm. quote unquote hustle, like that has been not good for me um, personally. So like that is self-compassion for me now is just realizing that sometimes it's okay to take a break and slow down and enjoy what's right in front of me. Um, yeah. And I try and take a few minutes every day just for myself. Like I have to make myself a priority too um, or else nothing is going to run. Like if I'm not taking care of myself, the business isn't running. If I'm not taking care of myself, my son is, you know, little on the crazy side. Um, All all the things. So it's definitely a journey and I do better some days than others, but overall, like putting myself first and, or just like on the priority list in general, um, has been really helpful for me. Yeah. It's amazing how easy it is for our self-care to take a back seat. Totally. To be like last on the to-do list. It's like, oh, I don't have time to take care of me today. Yep. I got to take care of everybody else. Yep. But we don't realize how much that impacts the other people. Everybody else. Exactly. As Especially if you have younger kids who are feeding off of your energy and are totally picking up on that. Right. That Uh, has happened many a times. So it's a journey for sure. Um, But learning and acknowledging that, 
Yeah, you know what? I do deserve to put myself first. Yeah, I I do deserve this. Like yesterday, it's been gorgeous here in, in Oregon, right? Like gorgeous. I put it on my to-do list yesterday. I was like, work out, lay in the sun. Work out in, in the sun. I left work I early it. yesterday because I was like, I, I put it on my to-do list. I got to go lay in that sunshine today. And that's what, it. like, that fueled me, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. And see, it's simple stuff like that. I think sometimes we think that self-care has to be this like big time commitment and, you know, we've got to like get rid of our kids to do it. It's like, no, you can totally find and carve out just little moments of just practicing like that gentleness that you were saying, practicing that self-care, doing things that you find enjoyable that you can let kind of fill you up on the inside. Yes, totally agree. It does. It's not complicated. Like self-care, it's Mm -hmm. actually very simple. It's stepping back saying, what does my body need? And honoring that, knowing Mm -hmm. that you deserve to take care of yourself. However, your body is telling you, do you need to eat? Cool. Go eat. Do you need some rest? Cool. Go take a nap. Do you just need a minute to go lay in the sunshine? Okay, cool. Do that. So it's just, it's about being gentle with ourselves and knowing that we're, we're worth it. Yeah. And I love that you keep using the word deserve because that's something that pops up in my community all the time is Mm -hmm. this feeling of unworthiness that I haven't, I don't deserve good things. I don't deserve rest. I don't deserve compliments. I don't deserve to be gentle with myself. Right. And especially this idea of earning the rest and earning these things. But what would it be like to just embrace that you deserve it? How did you come to that? Like, how did you, especially this word deserve, because this is also in your boutique Mm -hmm. on the back wall when you walk in and says where all women are beautiful and deserve to feel that way. Yes, exactly. Right. Did I say it right? Verbatim girlfriend. Yes. You nailed Nailed it. it. (laughs) So where did that, for you, where did that idea of deserving like, where did that come from and how how did you get that? That goes back to my days in eating disorder treatment. Um, with the eating disorder, I, I the eating disorder was very mean, for lack of a better word. Like, the, <laughs> I'm not sure how to say this right, but like the eating disorder has like almost like a uh, feeling about it. Right. And it's very negative and it's very, you don't deserve things. Right. Mm. Like, or on the flip side of it, I deserved to feel bad. I deserved all this negativity. Um, and so that really, I was able to, um, start fighting that when I just, was compassionate with myself and did that whole, the whole exercises of talking to myself. Like I would talk to a 10 year old, my 10 year old self. That is what really um, helped me in initially to become um, compassionate with myself and like realizing that I deserve it because Mm -hmm. nobody deserves to hate themselves. Like, no, we're all doing the best we can. And Everybody, everyone's doing the best they can. And we should all embrace our 
badassery, if that is a word I can say <laughs> on a it's podcast. A I yes. Up? I don't know. It's a word no. now. <laughs> it's perfect. Thanks. Yeah. It's, it's, we're so quick to think that we, we don't deserve mm-hmm. so many things. Things. And sometimes that's so subconscious too. Oh, totally. So it's, I love this idea. I love that you keep coming back to, you know, really addressing that, that inner 10 year old. It's so much you know? easier. And I'm not saying that it's an easy exercise, but it, if you try it, it, it's substantially easier than trying to treat, you know, 30 something year old Julie with self-compassion, you know, cause it's like, well, I've, this is wrong and this is wrong and blah, blah, blah. But then you like, look at the kid version of yourself and it's like, oh, well, honey, it's okay. You didn't just like, you didn't, you don't deserve that. It's just, it's a lot easier to, it's an easy place to start to treat yourself with compassion and then eventually learn how to um, speak to, you know, your current self with compassion as well. Yeah. Yeah. That, that exercise sounds really intense in a lot of ways. It's powerful. Freeing. Yeah. Yeah. Packing is a really big energy punch to it. Yeah. Whatever age, you know, whatever age it is, for the gals listening, it's like, mm. you know, everyone, everyone's story is different and we all have experienced different things in our lives, but there, you know, there's likely a point that, you know, you started to not feel worthy and you started to not feel like you deserved something. Um, so if you can identify that and go back to that point and just like treat that person with a little bit of love and compassion, it does go a long ways. It really yeah. does. Have you noticed that by treating yourself with compassion that you've been able to do that more for other people around you as well? Definitely. Definitely. Yes, for sure. Yeah, I want I like I want all women to know that they're beautiful. All of us because we've every single woman has been through stuff. Like we've all been through different things, right? But feelings are feelings. Like Yes, it was an eating disorder for me, but the feeling underlying it was self-hate, guilt, shame, um, overwhelmed, all the things, right? And those feelings are completely universal. Like everybody's yeah. felt those way, those things in like different ways though. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I forgot what I was saying. <laughs> <laughs> Edit that no, part out, Kim. Universal. <laughs> so it gives you that understanding. Like you said earlier, like everybody's just doing their best. Yeah. And everybody's got stuff. And I try to adopt the mindset that everybody's fighting something. Totally. You yep. know, everybody's got their secret battle that you know nothing about. Yep. And by taking that mindset, at least for me, that has been so freeing mm-hmm. to just lavish compassion on people because you just see everybody is like walking wounded. It's like you're wounded. You're wounded. We're all wounded. We all have those feelings inside. Yep. And some, I mean, it doesn't even matter like where people are in their journey, like, Mm -hmm. because we get into that too. Well, my, my situation is not as bad as so-and-so's comparing that. Yeah, I know. Feelings are feelings though, you know, like, Feelings are feelings and they're universal. And no matter how it manifested for you or this person or that person, the feelings are the same. And Mm -hmm. we should all realize that we're worthy and that we deserve 
you know, to feel that way about ourselves because like, you know, just wrapping your, like, it makes me want to hug, you know, it's like, oh, you just want to like hug all the people. (laughs) I But I hug a lot of people. It's true. I do too. I'm like, can I, sometimes random strangers, I'm like, can I just, can I just hug you? Yeah. And it's amazing sometimes what people say. They're like, yeah, actually. And it's like, oh, good. Yeah. Especially at mob meetups. Right. All the people. Come here. Come here, Tiger. (laughs) I'm like, have we met before? No, that's okay. Hug me anyways. (laughs) Hug me. me. Um, So you, that's a perfect segue actually into the mob mm-hmm. because you are a mob. So for those who don't know what the mob MOB is, mm-hmm. it's the mom owned business networking. I want to say community, but mm-hmm. it's tighter than that. It's mm-hmm. like family. Is we're not supposed to we're... say, Oh, you can't say that family. Okay. Well, no, I was going to say, we can't say tribe anymore. Oh, right. Yeah. We can't say tribe, but that's yeah. kind of what it is. So I'm just going to say it. If you got offended right now, I'm really sorry, but that's kind of what it is. Yeah. Because uh, we're we're closer than a community. We are like a family, except for there's no drama. <laughs> like in family, this there's drama, but then right. in the mob, it's like there just isn't any of that pettiness or cattiness. There's just like love. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yes. So sure. there's that. But tell us what, like, what makes you a mob? So you said earlier that you have two businesses. Tell us more about those. I do have two businesses. Yes. So I started a body positive, size inclusive um, women's clothing boutique. Gosh, it's been well over a year now. So we started last February or February of 18 and we started online only. So I started with two clothing racks in the bonus room of our house upstairs, right? And Mary, Mary Rose is the name of my boutique. And it grew. Oh, by the way, Mary Rose is my mom's middle name. I get asked that question a lot. And I realized I probably should put that somewhere on the website. Um, but for everybody listening, Mary Rose is my mom's middle name. So that's who I named the um, shop after. But yeah, so we opened up in February of 2018 and online only. And this like our mission has always been about helping women feel good, right? Mm-hmm. Helping women of all sizes, all shapes, just women feel good about themselves. Yes. So it grew. The boutique grew pretty fast. Um, honestly, initially, I was not prepared for that. Um, <laughs> okay, what, what's going on here? Um, <laughs> But by the time, gosh, we ended up opening our brick and mortar in December of this last year. So we're now located um, in a cute little shop in downtown Oregon City. And in in addition to online, we still do um, a ton online. But um, like we grew so fast that we had to open up a storefront, which is awesome. And I love having a storefront. Um, But yeah, so that's one of the businesses. So we have... um, Clothing and sizes extra small through 3X. It's all very um, classic, ready-to-wear clothing. A lot of um, professional work clothing attire. We have some weekend wear. Um, just things that are comfortable, too. Because I have, like, sensory issues, right? Like, it kind of goes back to the whole, mm-hmm. like, obsessive-compulsive disorder. Like, I'm just a little on the sensitive side, just in general, right? And so all the clothes that I carry are very soft and comfortable because I, I can't wear it. I'm not letting anybody else wear it. So it's true. Yes, it's true. 
Um, Those clothes are amazing. They are so soft. I'm wearing one. Well, of course I'm wearing one right now, but, um, I was going to say we're both, uh, there you go. We're both rocking it right now. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, so that, that's, that's the critique and we do like personal styling sessions. Um, you are an amazing stylist and, uh, like we just do a lot of fun things with the community and it's just a lot of fun. And so the other business we have is we have a nonprofit. We have Mary, oops, Mary, Rose Foundation, um, which we started last August. And it's kind of a funny reason that I started it. I wanted to do a fashion show for the boutique. I wanted to do a fall fashion show because that's a fun idea. And why not? Right? Why not? Why not? So I thought, I was like, okay, well, I want to do a fashion show. Okay, well, let's do a silent auction with the fashion show. Oh, okay, well, let's find a charity to donate the funds to from the silent auction. Okay, what's something that I feel very passionately about? Uh, Eating disorders and treatment for eating disorders because treatment is horribly expensive for eating disorders. My parents had to take out a second mortgage on their house to fund my millions of stays in treatment. Um, It's a huge financial hardship on families. Um, yeah. So I knew all those things. So I started doing research like, okay, well, I want to work with an eating disorder nonprofit. I want to donate funds to um, a person that needs treatment. So I'm looking, I'm Googling, I'm searching. There's nothing I want to work with. Nothing. I'm like, are you mm. kidding me? Like there are hardly any nonprofits actually like set up. And so I had this bright idea. I was like, well, I'll do it myself. I love you. I'm going to do it. I love it. And that's how that happens. So, and a portion last November, we started to be able to do a a portion of all boutique sales going to the nonprofit, which is, that is like, I love the clothing boutique. I love cute clothes. I love dressing people up and making you feel, making people feel pretty. But Mm -hmm. that first letter that I got from it was from the mother of the person who received our treatment or our funds from the fashion show. Right. The letter that the mom wrote to us, like that broke my heart or filled my heart, excuse me, and broke it all at the same time. Yeah. Like totally. It was the most rewarding feeling. Like I I can't even describe, I, I honestly can't even describe how, that made me feel, you know, I was like, oh my gosh, we're actually making a difference. Like the funds that we raised that everybody, everybody raised, like gave this girl a second chance. She was, I think 22 or 23, the mom said, and yeah, it was, it was a second chance at life for her. And like knowing that that might not have been possible for that family, if we hadn't raise those funds. Like it's, it's amazing. I like, I get goosebumps just thinking about it. So mm-hmm. it's, it's pretty, it's pretty cool. So definitely the foundation is the heart of the boutique. Um, just that wow. mission of helping women feel, you know, deserving and worthy yeah. and just getting their life back was, it's just pretty freaking cool. Kim, pretty freaking That's cool. Amazing. Thanks. I I love it. Yeah. And it's I'm so excited that you started this because it is such a huge issue. It is. It is. And there's so many like degrees of it yep. and I had I have experience with that as well. Mm-hmm. And so I love that you've started this and 
I'm so excited that Captivatingly Confident is partnering with Mary Rose to donate proceeds from for each month. Any pro- profits that come in, we're donating a, pro- a portion of those to the Mary Rose Foundation. Yeah, it's so. This is the first month that we get to do that, know, isn't it? It's like it just gives me goosebumps. Like it seriously <sighs> gives me goosebumps. I am just like. Sometimes, you know, I'll look back at my life and I'm like, how did I get here? You know, mm-hmm. how did I get from that scared little girl curled up in her hospital bed, like afraid, afraid to eat, afraid to put anything in her body, right? How did I get from that little person in the in the fetal position, you know, in tears, streaming down my face because they were I, I was being forced to eat. And if I didn't eat, I was going to have a feeding tube, right? How did I get from there to where we are now? Like, it's pretty freaking cool. So it is possible. Like, I just I just want every woman out there listening to know that if you're going through some crap in your life right now, like, do not lose hope because, mm. you know, we've everyone's been somewhere and like we all we all deserve to love ourselves and we can just Mm -hmm. start start slow start small start talking to yourself you know in a in a different way and you'll get there too so yeah anyways it's all it's all a practice right and some days are better than others totally totally yeah and being a mom like it's hard and having a baby like all that stuff is hard so wait it's hard yeah it's real hard Kim real I'm real shocked (laughs) I'm just kidding if you're like what what is she talking about yes I'm kidding (laughs) y'all it's insane oh my gosh and then you top it with being a business owner and entrepreneur yeah which you are in the process of uh doing a little writing i am my gosh <laughs> just a little yes, bit yes, just yes. a little so i'm writing a book because again why the heck not um i love you see look at this mom. woman i told you <laughs> she's incredible she's like i'm gonna start this body positive clothing boutique i'm gonna start oh, this i'm gonna write a book i know like, i know you don't know this woman get to know her she's incredible okay carry on it's okay I was gonna say I lived so much of my life in fear you know fear of everything that at this point it's just like don't let fear hold you back from anything that you want to do because everything used to scare me you know and now it's like well what's the worst that could happen like What's the worst that could happen? Um, right. So, but but yeah, I'm writing a book. I'm writing a book, girlfriend. And it is a cross between a memoir and a self-help book. So I do dive quite a bit into my, um, my past and my eating disorder and the self-injury and just everything that kind of went along with my eating disorder. Um, but I put a positive spin on it. So yeah, I try and have like, excuse me, I have like very practical points for like, okay, this is what's happening. This is what's happened. And now like, this is what you can do. So it's, I'm, how far am I? I have two chapters all the way done. Um, so that's pretty cool. And yeah, no ETA on when it's going to be done. Cause I, I had to take a little bit, I had to take a week or two off from writing because it was a little bit triggering. I'm not going to lie. Like it was, it's, it's a little, some parts are pretty intense, um, for me just to like go back and 
yeah. uh, remember certain things, you know? And so I had to take a little bit of a break, but I'm back at it now with clear, clear outline for my next chapter. And I'm very excited. So yes, yes thanks. <laughs> That's amazing. I've heard from so many people who have written books that it is so hard to write. It it's hard and easy all at the same time. Like the words have been flowing easily. The hard part is the emotions that it brings up. That is what I was not expecting. Like I, you know, I mean, it's been, I've been in recovery for like 10 years now. Right. Um, but some of the stuff still gets me. I'm like, dude, I did all this in therapy. Like, come on. But it's still, it's triggering, you know, and you, you yeah. But the cool thing is I've learned how to live with self-compassion. And so triggering, okay, what do I need to do? Take a step back, take a, take a week off, take two weeks off, whatever I need, because like my health and my recovery is not worth, you know, pushing myself through, um, through it if it's triggering me. So no, yeah, not at all. Yep. That's it, Kim. That's it. Can you... Can you, and you can say no to this, Yeah, but, and I know the answer to this, but nobody, I don't know how many people do, Ooh. but can you share the title? Working title. Cause it can always change. My book coach is like, uh, you're working. It's a working title. It can always change. Um, but my working title is the courage to hope. So I'm like oh. crossing my fingers that that title stays around because I think it's a pretty badass title. Um, but if it doesn't, that's, that's the general theme of the book. Like how do we maintain hope? Yeah. And that's, that's my cliffhanger. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love it. I love that title. The first time you told me, it gave me a chill. And every time you say it, I'm just like, yay. Oh. Then hopefully it's- it'll stick around. Hopefully that people aren't like, no, you have to change your title. Dang it. <laughs> no, keep it. Fight for that one. Cause it's perfect. I like it. I- Thank you. That's awesome. Um, well, unfortunately, we are just about out of time. Is If there was the one thing that you could say to all the women listening today, what would be that one thing that you would say or that one encouragement that you would give to women listening today? Oh, there's so many things I want to say. Um, <laughs> so many I understand things. that. <laughs> <laughs> I think the, the biggest takeaway I want people to hear from me is that you deserve and you are worthy. You deserve to take care of yourself. You deserve to figure out what taking your taking care of yourself looks like for you. And it's going to change. But I just want everybody to start treating themselves with a little bit more self-compassion and a little bit of love um, because we're all beautiful and we all deserve to feel that way. Oh my gosh. There's no better way to end it than the right there. Julie, thank you so much for coming on the show today. You're incredible. Where can people find you on social media and the boutique? Yeah. So our website is maryrosenwboutique.com. And we are on all social, not all social media. We're on Facebook and Instagram with that handle as well. So my Facebook group is the best place to stay up to date with like the like insider information, you know? It's a it's a legit VIP group, you know what I mean, Kim? And it is an amazing group. It's an amazing group. Yeah. These Every time I post in there, like it just like boosts my confidence like yeah. tenfold. There. Everybody's it, so sweet. Everybody is so sweet. It's like the coolest community of women 
basically ever. Um, so that's like the best place to stay up to date on everything. But yeah, we're on Instagram, uh, Mary Rose NW Boutique, and same with Facebook and all the things. Oh, and we're so awesome. located in downtown Oregon City. So the brick and mortar, and we are open Tuesday through Sunday. Tuesday through Saturday, it's 11 to 6, and Sunday, 12 to 4. Amazing. Yeah. Perfect. Yes. And that's also where I get to do personal styling. Yeah. So all of these fun. amazing so, so fun. fun. Like, oh my gosh, I love it. The coolest part is like seeing how confident everyone looks. You know, yeah. like Kim is awesome, does like before and after pictures, right? And like just the whole like their face. It, it changes. Yes, it changes. Because they Legit. feel good about themselves. And yeah. I just it just it just gives me all the good feelings. That's all. Ditto. Ditto. <laughs> so if you're interested in doing that uh, and getting a free personal styling session with there's no minimum, it's just you coming in and letting us pamper you and play dress up with you, mm-hmm. make sure that you email me, Kim at CaptivatinglyConfident.com. You can also find sign-up links in the Facebook in the Mary Rose Northwest Boutique Facebook group as well. Yes. So. Thank you so much, Kim. Thank you. Thank you.